Chats from the Blog Cabin. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin. You know, the show where I invite people virtually into the blog cabin to chat about life. <laughs> and today we're chatting with Heather, who wrote this book, Soul Selfie, hashtag no filter. And I absolutely love that. And I love the backstory behind it, why it prompted it, uh, writing this, because you were battling with leukemia when you were writing your first book and then your second book. So, Heather, welcome to the show. And before we get into the book, let's talk about who you are. So introduce yourself. Tell us a little about yourself. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get to chat with you for a while. Uh, my name's Heather Carter, as you mentioned, and I um, for I'm from the West Coast originally, and now I live in Springfield, Illinois. That's a long story, but. Uh, my husband was a pastor for 20 years here in Springfield, so I've done that uh, gig before. And then now he, he, we're both working. He works in the private sector and I work. I'm a realtor, which is great for things like this because I can mm-hmm. kind of taper, you know, kind of format my uh, day around getting to do interviews and no one can tell me I can't do it. <laughs> so it's a good, good role for me. Now, I love the premise behind your book, Soul Selfie, because you they're originally blog posts that you just created into a book. And I think most bloggers think that they can't do that. But what made you decide to put these blog posts while you were going through leukemia, and even after in, when you're in remission, decide to put it in a book? Well, yeah, I originally started writing just to update people on the status of my cancer. And then that morphed into a kind of a daily reading type of blog. I was in the hospital initially for 30 days and that's a long time to do, Mm -hmm. to just talk about being sick. So I talked, instead of just talking about being sick in my body, I started reflecting on how I was sick in my soul. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of how the soul selfie topic or title came to be as I just realized God was telling me that I was a full-time job and I need to put that focus back on myself, stop worrying about everybody else uh, and what they're doing or not doing and just focus on me. And then in doing that, it seemed to encourage other people because they knew Mm -hmm. they weren't alone in their struggles. I know we mentioned before we came on, I told you, I said, I'm a quarter way the way through the book because I'm doing it in small nuggets. And you're like, that's the way the book was meant to be read and not meant to be read like in a whole sitting, like a page turner. It's more like read it, sit with it, then read the next part. Yep. And I, that's how I read uh, because I, I, my attention spans very short. So I read several daily reading books every day. So Jesus Calling and Oswald Chambers and a couple others. And my book is written similarly. It's just a read one or two pages, underline it. Then the next, when you're done, I with like with my other books, I just start them over again. And then I use a different pen to <laughs> highlight or underline. And uh, so that's my, I guess that's my hope for how people read my book as well. Now, this is a sequel to the first Soul Selfie, right? Yes. So what made you decide to do a sequel? Well, I have uh, about 
350 or so blogs that I have written since I got cancer in 2015. So my first book was the first 120 blogs, uh, the accumulation of those. And then this next book is the next 120 blogs. And I call that kind of the aftermath because mm-hmm. uh, I still battle the what I call the common plagues of the heart. And what are the common plagues of the heart? For uh, From what I've observed and experienced, I think, you know, there's a lot of, we all struggle with anxiety and fear, uh, resentment. Mm-hmm. That's a big one I talk about. Control, jealousy, uh, just to name a few. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true to name a few. But I really appreciate the fact that you said, raise your hand in the back of your book. You said, raise your hand if you suspect that you are the only one you struggle with anxiety, doubt, fear, resentment, comparison, jealousy, etc. Because a lot of times people think that they're the only ones that they're like out there, they're out there in an island by themselves. Yeah. And that that was once I started posting some of the blogs where I sort of confessed and just I, I try to write in the messy. So when mm-hmm. I'm feeling it, I try to write about it instead of how I used to do it, um, where I maybe was resentful or angry or controlling. And then I would get some help and uh, talk to a few people and kind of get it to get myself together Mm -hmm. and then share a few months later. Now I try to write the day I'm experiencing it. So that I think that resonates with people more. They Mm -hmm. feel like they're in this struggle with me. It's not like, Oh, well, yeah, she was messed up, but now she's all better. Um, I'm clearly not. If you read my book, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Clearly not. Clearly not. But I I think the biggest compliment anybody can give you, and I know it's, it was given to me one time when I wrote a really like emotional blog post, because I'm also a blogger as well. That's where I started off as, but when people said, when people come up to tell you and say, I'm so glad you wrote that. I thought I was the only one that felt that way. Yeah. That is like the biggest compliment. Have you ever had things like that happen? Oh yeah. That's, you know, that's really the main reason that I keep writing and posting them. I guess I I write to kind of reason things out with God, but it always ends up as a public post because I I start realizing that I'm not the only one who maybe needs some help in that area. And uh, so when I get feedback from my readers saying, you know, that's exactly what I needed to hear Mm -hmm. today. And I'm in the process of doing some interviews with other readers for my book, my upcoming release of my book. And um, that's kind of what they say is, you know, this day I -hmm. needed to hear that. And thank you for sharing that. So even if those, you know, there's only a few people that are saying that that's fine with me. I'll just keep writing because everybody needs to have someone who's, you know, kind of understanding what they're going through. Now, have you ever had anybody come up to you and kind of criticized you saying, why did you put that out here? Why did you put it out for everybody to read? Not so far. I'm pretty conscientious about how I write so that I can hopefully not have that issue because my book is not about taking, for me anyway, it's not a place where I take hard stands on things. Mm -hmm. It's a way of just sharing my heart and my experience, strength and hope with other people. So, I mean, they can take it or leave it, I guess, but um, I, I don't get too opinionated. It's more about helping people feel like they're not, like you said, like they're not alone in their Mm -hmm. struggles. So that's kind of hard to argue with. I mean, I am what I am. 
I guess you could argue, but probably not going to get very far. <laughs> I love that. I like that. I am what I am because I remember when I wrote a very heartfelt post, somebody said you shouldn't write that for everybody to see mm. because it's out there on the internet because they wanted to do their blog. Like it was a newsletter, newspaper article, like very, like mm-hmm. very facts. And I'm like, that's not who I am. I'm not right. one of these people that regurgitate facts. I'm the one about writing about feelings mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You can't, it's harder to argue with people's feelings. I mean, they, you're just being honest and real. That is so true. Now we need to take a brief commercial break, but then we'll be right back after the commercial. Okay. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Chats from the blog cabin. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now. Hi, my name is Joanna, and I would like to share with you a little bit about Shores of Grace, Shores Philly. It's a ministry located in Philadelphia. The portion of Shores that I volunteer for goes into Kensington, an area greatly impacted by homelessness and addiction. And we go and we take love, food, clothing, snacks, conversation. Um, We believe that it is a way that we can meet people right where they are and show them the love of Jesus. Uh, We have seen lives changed in big ways and in small ways, and we have built wonderful relationships with the people in the community. Uh, We have big plans, more we'd like to do, um, and we would appreciate any support, either through prayer or through donation. If you would like to donate, you can go to shoresofgrace.com, and in the menu, click on Donate. We just ask that you put Philly in your donation comments. Thank you. And we are back chatting with Heather, who wrote the book, Soul Selfie, hashtag no filter. Um, there's, I'm looking through my notes, because I told you before we went on um, that I took some notes on the thing. But I love the one where you said the four questions you have the readers ask themselves when you're, they're reading the blog mm-hmm. or when you're actually, I think it's when you're actually writing the blog as well. So let's talk about those four questions. Do, do you remember them? or? <laughs> I do. I, I have them here. Yeah, I, I've had people over time suggest to me that um, I should write some, you know, reflective questions for each post and maybe have a study guide. And I feel bad, but I was like, no, that is not that is not happening because a I'm terrible at thinking up questions. Mm-hmm. Like those four questions are really hard for me to come up with. And B, I. I just feel like the same questions can be asked about every single post and then you're good mm-hmm. to go and not overcomplicated. So I, I have in the back of my book, I also have a guide if people want to use it as a book study at their home and it's the same guide. You know, the questions are how have I experienced thought or felt something similar in my life? Uh, if it's past tense, how has my attitude, belief or thinking changed as a result? The if it's a present situation or thought or belief pattern, what can I do to gain perspective, hope or healing or celebration in it? And then who do I know that might benefit from reading this? So I encourage people just as they're going every through every blog, just to mm-hmm. ask themselves those questions and then think, 
you know, oh my gosh, you know, we always do that. Who can I send it? Who needs mm -hmm. to hear this? Or my friend so-and-so would really be encouraged by this. So pass it on to someone else. And I love that. The number four was the one that really stuck with me because I'm really big about sharing other people's work and about, oh my gosh, this is great. Um, my friend Lucy, let's just say Lucy, is going through this right now. Let me shoot this blog post over to her. Maybe right. it'll help her out. Right. And that's another thing I want to hit on about your little note on the back of your press release. I absolutely love that about things that people can do to know that they're not alone, like share, share your blogs via Facebook, Instagram, I'm directing friends to your blog site. That helps any blogger, or any small business out, mm -hmm. um, write a review about your book. So anybody that grabs a book after this interview, um, go write a review for her. I know I'm going to. And think about opportunities that you can connect with speaking um, people. And like today, you're speaking here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Order your book for your friends. And it would make a great Christmas present because Christmas is coming up. And especially yeah. if you have someone that likes to read. And then read. Keep reading. Read over and over and over again. And share, share, share. Post pictures of it, right? And the nice thing, I think the way my blog is set up is I still write every week or so. Mm -hmm. So if you go to my site, which is Heather Carter Writes com, you can sign up to get an email every time a new one is written. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of people aren't on social media, that way it'll just come in your inbox. And the other thing that I love about it is, like I said, I struggle. I have a lot of uh, character defects and mm -hmm. signature sins that I talk through a lot. And on my site, you can actually go to, it'll say browse the archives by category. So you can click that and then it will list all the topics that I hit on. So if you're having a particularly hard day and feeling anxious, there are there's a link to all the things I've written about anxiety and worry and mm -hmm. fear and surrender and trust. All those kind of go together so you can kind of taper or kind of choose what you know you need to to hear that day. Mm -hmm. uh, by doing that. And then that's also an easy way to send it to someone else. So when you read something, then you can just copy that link and paste it and send it to someone that way instead of, you know, or you can do the old fashioned way, take a picture of it uh -huh. in your book, but you can yeah. find all my blogs, even in my books uh, that are from my books are on my site. I love that. Now there's one story that really resonated with me and I think it's going to resonate with everybody. Can you, do you, can you think about what story it might be? Oh, gosh. I don't know. You'll have to tell me which one you liked best. I've been the talking bike. to so many readers, and I love to hear what their favorite ones are. The bike story. The bike story about giving it to, trying to give it to the kid. I still have that bike. I can't find that kid anymore. <laughs> yeah, why don't you tell, tell them about it real quick? It's like she saw a little boy, right, riding a pink bike pink bicycle correct mm -hmm. and that he was riding and it was obviously too big for him and he's like oh we have a bike that's in the um in the garage and nobody's using let me just give it to him so you actually stopped him right you mm -hmm. you, you told god you said if if he's still there or if he's if i run across him when i come back home that i'm gonna offer the bike to him and he was there you saw him you offered but he never came back correct mm -hmm. He never did. But, and that, yeah, that just was a lesson for me that, you know, we, the, the outcome of our acts of service or kindness is sort of irrelevant. Like God's mm -hmm. saying, you know, you have no control over the outcome of what you do. I'm just asking you to keep 
your own side of the street clean, to do the things I'm asking of you. And you don't worry about the results of that. Just you just be obedient and mm -hmm. and kind and I'll worry about the rest. That's so true. And sometimes it's that I know people get really crazy when they think, oh, God talking to me or God said something to me. And you look at them like what? But you get those little nudges from God that you need to do things like, for instance, a couple of months ago, my daughter and I were eating at a town a little bit further away from us. But there was an elderly man. There was something about him that just reminded me of my dad. And I kept hearing the message, pay for his dinner, pay for his dinner. He was sitting by himself. And I was like, nah, you know, this is the first time it's ever really happened that he's actually said, do something. And I'm like, no, no, no. So finally, I was like, I can't ignore this. So I pulled his waitress over and said, I'd like to pay for his dinner, but don't tell him who did it. And just to be able to watch the sheer joy of knowing that he wasn't alone in this world and that somebody actually cared enough about him to pay. Because, you know, once you get up in the age, a lot of elderly are by themselves in the world. You know, they don't have anybody, you know, Family and friends don't check on them, or a lot of their family and friends have died. Mm -hmm. So just to see the sheer joy in his face was amazing. Yeah. And that anonymity of it where you, it's just, it's between you and God, mm -hmm. what you did. And there's no recognition. And that's just a beautiful way to serve people because so much of the time, it's sometimes unavoidable that they know who did it. But mm -hmm. just to remain anonymous is fulfilling for both people. <laughs> Uh-huh. So true. And there's sometimes I love a little part in the book. Sometimes we're so stuck on looking for something that we overlook things as well. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, um, you had to go, there was some, there was some, I can't remember the exact story in the book, but you had to go to your mother-in-law had your car or you I thought your mother-in-law had your car. You know what story I'm talking about? Oh, I don't remember that one. <laughs> that one was written a few more, a few months ago, probably. I don't remember. I cannot remember, but you know, you have your, do you have your book with you right now? Correct? I do. Well, while I'm searching for this, do you, would you like to read a part of your book? Sure. I will. Is there any kind of particular thing that you care to have me read about? Um, nope. Anything you want to read. Okay. Well, maybe I'll read, um, a little bit of the, the why I write. Go for it. Cause my book starts with why I write, why they read, and then how to read. I added that gentle bossy chapter in on this book instead of my first one about how to do it. So, um, yeah, I'll read a little bit. So why I write. It's probably fair to say that Let Me Explain is not the most stellar introduction for a book, but I feel like I might as well be upfront with you and tell you that I'm not a real writer. I'm just a girl who started blogging about her leukemia journey and can't seem to stop. In 2015, I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, read Abrupt and Devastating Interruption to Life as You Know It, and due to a secondary infection, I was intubated in ICU for a week. There was a good number. There were a good number of people who feared I would not wake up, but by the grace of God and some sound medical advice from my husband Blake, no, he is not a doctor. I did. I woke up feisty and have maintained that fighting spirit ever since. Over a seven-month stretch, I spent seventy days in the hospital, and at the first after the first week, Blake started a blog site so we could update people on my status. And as I began to recover, but while I was still confined to the hospital room for six days at a time for chemo, my blog became cathartic in getting me outside of my head. 
I started to share my fears, struggles, inspirations, and spiritual observations with those who would read. I told on myself about the raw, messy, embarrassing, and often ugly thoughts and feelings I had about what was happening to me and why. Eventually, I was able to find ways to be grateful for what my disease had triggered in me and in my life. My blog went from updating people on the health and healing of my body to reflections on the health and healing of my soul. Um, do you want me to keep going or do I don't want to take up too much of your time? However you want to, if you want to keep going, you can keep going. It's up all to right. You. I have a, I'll just kind of um, highlight some of the parts of this. Uh, so let's see. Like I said, I didn't see myself as a writer. I had never written anything in my previous cancer life, nor did I want to. So I was confused about people's reactions to them. Uh, but my writing itself was not what was inspiring to them. It was the connection they felt to someone who made them feel like they were not alone in their pain, mm -hmm. their struggles, their weirdness, if you will. I write a lot about cancer, how I'm affected by others' addictions, and ultimately the universal diseases of the soul. Diseases like worry, fear, control, comparison, and resentment, just to name a few. Apparently, I'm not the only one who has these diseases. I used to worry that when my cancer went into remission, my writing would go into remission with it. But since the diseases of the soul, the common plagues of the heart, as I call them, are chronic, it seems I'll never run out of material. I've proven this to be true since this is now my second book. My first book, Soul Selfie, covers the first 120 blogs I wrote during my leukemia battle. And Soul Selfie, hashtag no filter, covers the aftermath. Um, I'll read this last part. Even though I write about a variety of topics, there is, there is one theme that presents itself in every single entry, me, my soul. I write about what I observe, struggle with, screw up, celebrate, and grieve. Mm -hmm. I talk about what I believe in with all my heart, what I wish I could believe, and what I'm completely confused by. I touch on territory in my soul that I've come to find out also exists in yours. I love when I hear from someone who identifies with my craziness because that's the beauty of it. We are not alone in our hurt, our failures, our passions, and our longing to be better than we are today. We're not the only ones. What a relief. <laughs> that is so true. And I did find it. It I maybe didn't give you the right context under scary stories when you were making an apple pie and you needed to get cinnamon. You needed oh, yeah. cinnamon. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, who who in the world has not done this? So tell the story. Oh, gosh. It's, that is so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, I, I needed, I was making an apple pie. My in-laws were in town and visiting. So our cars were kind of going this way and that. I didn't know. I thought I didn't, in my mind, I didn't have a car. So I was making apple pie. I needed something from the store. And then I remembered that my in-laws had my car. So I thought, well, I'll just ride my, I think I was going to ride my bike to the store. Mm -hmm. So, and then while I was out, I needed my bike to go to the shop or something. No, my bike was at the shop. So I walked to the bike shop, which is by my house and then rode my bike to the store and came home. But I realized after I came home that in order to pay for my bike, I had gotten my wallet out of my car. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, I, I didn't even dawn on me till all of it was done that, oh my gosh, I just got my wallet out of my car so I could have a vehicle to, oh my gosh. Yeah. That is a scary story. But who in the world, who in this lifetime has not done it? It's like, you're looking for your cell phone and you're talking 
Yes, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? And you're talking on it. You're like, wait a second. Or your sunglasses, you know, that are on your head. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Yeah, that was embarrassing. But it was embarrassing. But also, I think it's probably the most identifying one because who in the world has not done that? Even though they may not want to admit it, they were like, oh, yeah, because I've done that. I've done the the cell phone thing where I'm talking on it, actually talking to my husband. I'm like, I can't find my phone. He's like, aren't you talking to me? I'm like... (laughs) Uh, just testing you to see if you knew yeah and it's such a good life lesson because that's just you know those are the surface things that we do that we're kind of embarrassed to say out loud and I feel like my what I try to divulge in my books without like you said throwing other people under the bus you know there's a lot of things I could have done um, to make myself look better and other you know air my grievances because I had lots of people reading my blog, Mm -hmm. but that's not the, the point of it is, is that I'm going to worry about me. So even if I write a lot about resentments, um, because I went through some hard stuff um, before and during my leukemia battle that was pretty angry about and God just continued to show me ways to turn that over to him encourage me not to run anyone over with my car. Mm -hmm. I talk about that a lot. That sounds so bad, but um, that was, those are thoughts I've had. And I share about it when I'm having them. This wasn't like last, those weren't past tense. They Mm -hmm. were things I was experiencing the day I wrote them. And to my surprise, no one is, no one stopped reading because of that. Everyone probably keeps reading because I tell on myself. Yeah, I think that's true. And it's like, like you said, hashtag no filter, because you're not filtering anything you're saying. It's honest, raw emotions when you're down here. Mm-hmm. And the thick writing, has there ever been a blog that you just, you're in tears when you're after you've written it? You're like, and it's an emotional release because it's gone. It's out of your system. Oh, yeah. Especially any of them on resentments, for sure. Because I usually start off kind of wound up. And that's mm-hmm. what makes me think I need to write about it. And then by the end, God's softened me and given me some solutions. I think some of the ones I, this sounds weird probably, but I read my own books a lot because Mm -hmm. it reminds me of what I believe and what I'm, how I'm trying to live, even though I screw it up. I sometimes I'll think, oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot. I believe that I need to stop acting like I don't believe that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a reminder to myself um, to forgive and to let people off the hook and to not tell on other people, <laughs> to tell on myself instead of telling on other people. One of the things that I think, um, there's a few of them that I remember that when I got to that last sentence that I thought that I just burst into tears because God would give me this clarity about, one of them was, um, though the doors were locked, and it's about how Jesus was there and he was there. These people had a friend who was sick. And so they um, lowered him through the roof and it talks Mm -hmm. about Jesus coming to the house and that it says the phrase, though the doors were locked, Mm -hmm. that he still came in and Mm -hmm. presented himself to them. And I think about that for me and for anybody reading that so much of the time are we've locked Jesus out. Mm-hmm. He's standing at the door and knocking, but that he is going to eventually find his way in. Though the doors were locked, he will continue to pursue us. And that's so true. such a beautiful promise to us. That is so true. Now, when you're writing these blogs, how, how 
long does it take you to write them? Because obviously they're full, very full of emotion. Some of them are really funny, but some are really full of emotion, full of, you know, a lot of different emotions like anger, resentment, anxiety, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a very emotionally heavy. Yeah. How long does it take you to write them? Well, you know, I'm glad that you asked that actually, because that's the question that I don't get to talk about very much, but, but the way I write is very, when I say I never wrote anything before cancer, I'm not exaggerating. (laughs) And I, it's a very miraculous process really, because it's, it happens almost the same every time, unless I'm on vacation. But if I'm home, I'm sitting in my living room on my couch and I have a big stack of big basket of books next to me. And I've usually read through a few of them. Sometimes I'm just having a rough day. And so I know that I need to hash things out and reason them out. Um, what I call on paper, which is, mm-hmm. and I have a, um, an iPad that my mom bought me when I was in the hospital and a friend of mine bought me a keypad keyboard for it. So it looks like a little computer and my fingers just fly over that by now. I mean, I just go hundred mm-hmm. miles an hour and my thoughts are going that way too, which God mm-hmm. knows. But so I sit down, I write it. The whole thing is done within, I would say 45 minutes or less. And the only thing I do after that is read it one more time to make sure it there's not spelling errors or repeat repetitive words or something. But I don't, I do not overthink it because if I had to do that, I'd never publish it. Publish it. God, it's just like a spewing out of, in one sitting. I'll have like three or four basic, basic principles. Maybe I want to talk about. Sometimes I don't even know. I just know that I'm struggling. So once mm-hmm. I start typing, God just reveals to me what I'm saying next. And then I edit it and put it out there. If I ever try to do it longer, it's not going to end well. (laughs) You won't want to read it. You won't want to read that. I love that. And I also love the fact that you, I was just going to ask you where your topics come from, because, you know, you're, it's a very diverse topics that you talk about. You talk about some of the funny things, some, some like really heavy emotional, like we talked about before. And you, Mm -hmm. it all started out with cancer, with your leukemia, but, no, is there something like sometimes when you're reading in your Bible, like I know a lot of times I get my creativity when I'm reading the Bible. I'm like, that's me. That's me right there. He's talking to me. Yep. And does that happen? Yes, absolutely. Sometimes there's a variety of ways. Sometimes it's, you know, I told you I do the daily readings. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing how many times that every daily reading from a different authors will have the same exact topic. Like Mm -hmm. God knew exactly what I needed to hear on that day. And somehow those words, they'll be, you know, the same writing about adversity. It'll, that actual word will be in every reading that I pick up. And so, you know, it's very clear that that's, that's what I'm struggling with. And then he's just confirming that's what I'm supposed to write about. The other thing, I believe that God, it wants to be with us and walk with us Mm -hmm. through the drama, the trauma and the minutia of everyday life. So some of my stuff is about drama, the relationships mm-hmm. and betrayals or resentments. Some of it's about the trauma, the illnesses, the depression, the COVID, you know, those things. Mm-hmm. And some of it's about just the minutia of everyday life. So if you've ever seen Seinfeld, they talk about how it's a show about nothing, mm-hmm. but it's also really, it's a show about everything. Mm-hmm. And that's how my blog is. It's that it's a blog about nothing, but at the same time, it's also about everything. So I have, if you, there's one, I think it's in my first book. It's about 
squirrel. It's called squirrels. And it's based on that. I was sitting at my couch and there were squirrels playing in a tree across the street, but they used to play in my tree. And I was like, what's up? These squirrels, they're not playing in my tree anymore. I mean, what's wrong with my tree? And so it was just about taking things personal that have nothing to do with us. Mm -hmm. You know, I was starting to get like been out of shape, but that happens to me in every area of life. So I think if I can like pull some lessons from squirrels, then I'm probably mm -hmm. got a good amount of material. I just try to observe what's happening around me and look for ways to use it to grow and heal, but also share that what I learn with other people who are going through the same. So what made you decide to turn all these blogs into books? Uh, well, the first one was, I had kind of been thinking about it. And then there was a man, his name is, uh, well, I don't know if he, his name is Ron Bercher. And he, it was an older gentleman, very successful guy. And he um, probably couldn't even, I don't think he knew how to get on my site or anything, but he would have his secretary just print it off every time I wrote one and hand it to him. And after a while, maybe he got tired of doing that, but he suggested that I put it in a book format and he had an editor that his son had used to publish a book. So he connected us and that was that. Yeah. And then I did it through Amazon. And then this last time, it's kind of the same thing. I was considering it. And then kind of like how my blog unfolds every mm -hmm. time I write, God knows something about me. And that is I pretty simple. If I have to work and work and work at it and make it overcomplicated, I'm probably just going to be like, forget it. Mm -hmm. So he kind of just lays things in my lap and he connected me with a publicist who connected me with a publisher. And in like two conversations, we were off and running to publish a second book. So it's just been kind of a whirlwind that started in July. Wow. And because luckily I had all my posts were already written. Mm -hmm. So it was not like I had any deadlines about writing anything is just more the all the hard stuff i mean i can write a blog all day long but figuring out how to the you know the steep learning curve of publishing and advertising mm -hmm. and all that stuff is definitely not in my wheelhouse so well god placed the people in your life that knew that yeah exactly. knew that the book was never going to get yeah. written or published <laughs> yeah i wouldn't say written because you've already written it but published without those extra people oh, yeah. around. He knows Yeah, God knows I need a team. I need like a whole team helping me. And I, because I have some very specific sets of skills and that, those are not the skills that I have been blessed with. But um, luckily other people have that. So I can depend on them to get things done. I love that. Now let's talk about the the first book, Soul Selfie. What was it like when you held it in your hand for the first time? Mm -hmm. You knew that it was your written words. I know. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. And the thing I love, of this is my first book. And if you kind of see, I don't know, mm -hmm. it's tricky. <laughs> you can kind of see up close. There's pictures on there. So those are all selfies of all my readers and doctors and nurses at the time when I was going through leukemia uh, and my family. And I, I just laugh because, you know, my oncologists are some of the smartest people I know, but they don't really know how to take selfies. Mm -hmm. And so I would have to like get in there with them and like take a picture with them and crop them out. But uh, when I de I designed the book cover and just told the people at Amazon that I wanted it to look 
how I want it to look. And I sent him all the pictures and they helped me come up with this. And um, so I, I very have, I have a personal uh, affection, I guess, towards the cover. And then this one, actually, I love too, because this is a picture of me, the back of my head at a Zen garden place in California with a, I was there with my parents and they took the picture. And then my daughter, Emma, took this picture and did some graphic design work to it and made it look like it was painted and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I really love that too. And they're just personal. You know what? I, I didn't give it to someone else to design. Mm -hmm. it, it feels very personal. Now, do you have any idea for another book? Take some more of your blocks and create another book from it? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that I have that in me. If, you know, if this one gains any traction and people are interested, I have probably 50, I ended up cutting about 50 blogs that I was going to put in this book. And that worked out well for a couple reasons. This made this book not quite so long, but also now if I do want to do another one, I only, I, you know, have 50 to write before I can do another one as opposed to starting from scratch. So that, that was definitely a divine accident that we had to take those out. I love that. I love that. God is already preparing you and setting you up for another book that you had to take those out. Yep. Now I want to talk about your leukemia. Um, if you don't mind for those, cause I know a lot of people, you know, struggle with cancer and everything. Yeah. First of all, how are you doing health wise? Um, I'm doing great. Uh, I am six years out now. So five years, as most people know, is kind of the marker. But even with leukemia, you know, you're either done or you're, I sounds, this is going to sound bad. You're, you're done or you're dead. I mean, there's not a lot of in between mm -hmm. with leukemia because it's so extreme. Uh, and, you know, that whole experience was such a miracle that we caught it when we did, because I was having a lot of symptoms. We couldn't figure it out. I finally, through a series of miraculous events, got to a doctor uh, on a Friday and they, by Friday night, I was, they called me and said, here are your numbers. This is indicative of leukemia. We have a bed for you. You need to come to the hospital right now. Wow. So all of a sudden I was, my life had just stopped. I just got my real estate license. Um, you know, I had young kids at home and everything was just shut down and I was in the hospital for 35 days. But when I got there, they said, if you would have come in next week, which was when my original appointment was scheduled and they somehow God got me in that mm -hmm. Friday, they said, you would not have lived till next week. Wow. So the, the window is very small to catch the acute myeloid leukemia. And they yeah. had them caught, catch it. <laughs> So let's talk about how your kids, you said at the time you had small kids, how do your kids feel now that they see your, have they read, read any, not read, have they read any <laughs> of your books? See, there goes a moment right there, like a space moment. Yeah. Um, I think they've read bits and pieces of it. It was funny one time, my son Bennett, he came in when I would think it was editing my first book. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm just doing some edits for my book. And he goes, you're writing a book? I said, yeah. I said, he said, um, I said, you should read it sometime. And he's like, I don't need to read it. I lived it. <laughs> I love that. And then I said, well, you probably should read my book because I'm a way, I'm way smarter and a way better mom in my book than in real life. <laughs> 
So I don't know how much they've read, but they do recommend it to people. You know, I think they're kind of, and I try to not embarrass them too much in my book. I did send my daughter was having some stresses. She's in college. And so this morning I sent her my blog on um, Thanksgiving uh, that I wrote a while back and just to kind of encourage them. So once in a while, I'll send them a, a blog post just to try to encourage them in with better words than I can just come up with on the phone. <laughs> and I love that too, because you're, you're not lecturing them. Like they don't feel like it's a lecture. You're just sending them a link and say, Hey, you're going through a rough time right now. Read this. Maybe it'll help. Yeah. Instead of you're coming off saying, blah, 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 blah. you know how moms yes. can do it. Moms can kind of get involved in the cir circumstances when they don't mean to, but they can get really into yeah. it. And they're like, you're allowing your daughter who's in college to be an adult, but you're still wanting to be there for her. So you're yeah. sharing your blog post. I love that. Well, and the one I was reading, that's the one I needed to read right before it was called interference. And it was about how so many times we interfere with God's plans for people because we're always trying to protect them from pain or shield them from um, stressors or, you know, get in there and try to fix it. And we're, interfering and interrupting what God has got going on by meddling, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. we just need to step back and pray. Yeah. And plus, children. <laughs> yeah. Plus we kind of interfere with ourselves as well. So that's something that you can take on for yeah. your, in your heart as well. I yeah. Love that. So I hate that our time is almost up, but do you have one last little nugget before we talk about where people can find you and where they can find the book that you want to share? Um, you know, I just, I want to encourage people to engage with my site and just really go through some of those categories and reason thing, some things out with God on your own and know that there's, you know, in, in my um, book and other places, you can find my email. It's, it's simple. It's long, but it's simple. Heather Carter soul selfie at gmail.com. So it's something that you know, if you want to reach out and, and say, you know, I'd love to dialogue a little bit or whatever, I'm open to that, especially if you have um, cancer or know of a friend with cancer or a loved one. Um, this book, I, I think they're both really helpful, but this one is obviously has a little more of the cancer story and mm -hmm. some pictures of me with no hair. So it's a good one to give to someone when you don't really know what to do for them to help them. Um, you can and you can get in touch with me. I can get a signed copy to them. I do that all the time. I also will call them if they want to talk to somebody uh, about knowing what it's like to be diagnosed with cancer. I love that. Um, especially, I think a lot of people feel like they're so alone in the cancer journey. Um, I've lost two close family members. My sister died um, 27 years ago from lung cancer. And then my dad died in 2015 of what was originally non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but then turned into simple lymphatic leukemia in his last year of his life. So I know the leukemia battle and how quick it can take yeah. somebody. Yes. But to to actually hand that book to someone and say, hey, you're not alone in your journey. This is what someone else is feeling, felt like when they were going through it. And you're probably feeling the same things. It's validating them. It's validating their health crisis, what they're going through, all their feelings, all their emotions, and probably validates the family members as well. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And there's and I did a little quick YouTube video a while back. I think someone could find it. And it's just like five tips to help somebody who 
how to help um, a loved one going through cancer. So that's something they can look up on YouTube, probably look up my name and, and look at that. And they'll, it'll send them a one page thing about some things like from my perspective as a cancer patient, what I appreciated people did for me. Mm -hmm. That is so true. Now let's tell people where they can find you at first. Uh, so the heathercarterwrites.com is a great place to go because it has all my blog posts. You can sign up for my new posts if you want the new ones emailed to you. And then you can also order my books through that site. Now, I will, I will tell you on the 21st of this month, uh, uh, there'll be a one day sale on for Kindle books for 99 cents just for the 21st. So that's a good time you can get on and send. No, no, they're normally $10. So get on and send 10 of them to other people. You can send those Kindle books to people. Um, and then the also ordering my book on the 21st would be greatly helpful to me. You can find it on Amazon now, but if you do it on the 21st, I'm just trying to, you know, get a bunch of things on one day so that more people who aren't really looking for me can mm -hmm. still find the book mm -hmm. and find that encouragement. Um, you know, my, my goal is just really to, get the message of hope to as many people as possible in whatever way possible. <laughs> so it's, I, I don't make money on my books per se. I mean, I think this book, I, people are always like, well, how many have you sold or how much did you make? I'm thinking probably minus the numbers got a negative in front of it probably because I, every person I'm like, Oh, you're having a struggle of this here, have a book. Oh, you have cancer here, have a book. Oh, you know, anyone with any problem, here, have a book. So I mostly just give them away because I want people to um, find that hope. But hopefully with the new book, we can get it out to people besides just people I directly come in contact with. Is there some reason why you picked out the 21st for it to be on sale? Uh, nope. <laughs> I, well, we're going to do, actually, I should say that we are doing a little uh, local artist celebration at my office and there's i have two other friends that have just written books one is called carol's closet by juna gama and she writes her memoir and my friend lisa woods she wrote a great book it's called when good boobs go bad cut them out of your life oh, so that. that would be a fun person to, for you to talk to and then my friend laura crater she just published she goes to my church and just uh released a worship album Oh, wow. We're all going to be there together and support each other and celebrate together. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of the reason I chose that date for people to to buy it and just kind of have one big day of celebration. I love that. I love, first of all, you're supporting others when you're writing your book because you're showing people that you're they're not alone. And now you're supporting others by bringing people together that, have you know experiences they want to share with the world so i love that i love that about you because a lot of people they think competition over community but you're thinking community over competition absolutely yeah it can only you know it just like i said it just gives me an opportunity and them an opportunity to get our message out to more people because that's really what it's all about we've all been been through it and we want to share our experience strength and hope with people around us and um however we can do that and, and supporting each other in that because it's, yeah, the, the world is very competitive and not that we're famous, but fame and notoriety can cause division. And that is the opposite mm -hmm. of what 
I believe in. I love that. So, and you also have, people can find you on Facebook as well, correct? Yep. Just, I think it's just, I shouldn't say I think it's Soul Selfie Blog. And then all my events, um, I have a, I'm on a few other podcasts, um, some regular shows that they can listen to if they go there and, and hear me kind of do what I'm doing with you, uh, unpack some specific blogs and just, you know, dialogue about life. I love that. So Heather, I want to thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your journey, um, sharing your books, your blog. I'm going to go over. I, I did not hit the subscribe button. I'm going to go over and subscribe now because I think it's really something that it's going to hit me on days when I really need it. Cause it, you know how God always sends you those messages when you yes. need the most, it's like right there. You're like, how does he know? <laughs> I know. Sometimes you feel like I, I struggle. I, my family always teases me that it's like Heather world, you know, revolving around Heather. Mm -hmm. But when, when you sit down and you are having a struggle and you know, three things you read all talk about the exact same thing. It's hard not to believe like, oh, that was, you know, God wrote all those books and dated them all just like that, just for me. And in a way he did, but he does that for you too. He does that for everyone, but he knows he's a master at doing that, of knowing exactly what you need to hear when you need to hear it. If you're mm -hmm. listening for it, he'll, he'll tell it to you. That is so true. And so Heather, I want to thank you for coming on, for sharing your books, sharing your life, sharing your journey. I can't wait to see where your journey takes you next. Um, guys, I will put in the show notes everywhere where you can find Heather, where you can find the, her first book and her second book. Because obviously they don't have to be, you don't have to read them together. But if you're going through, struggling through, even a health crisis, I don't even think it has to be cancer. Right. Oh, crisis, yeah. That, that first one will probably resonate with you more. But if you're going through any crisis of any heart, any of the heart, emotional crisis. Yeah. Honestly, this right here, this book will make you laugh, cry, and then ponder some things as well. So, Heather, I want to thank you for being on. And, guys, um, thank you for listening and watching Chats from the Blog Cabin. Be blessed. And most importantly, keep chatting. See you later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Chats from the Blog Cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.